Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast, the wrist-tickling world of virology, brought to you by the dynamic duo of two Montreal watch enthusiasts. Enjoy dad jokes and bed puns as we deep dive into new releases, trends, reviews, and everything watch-related. Now sit back and rest assured you'll have a good time. Hello, friends. Uh, on this week's episode, we decided to look at some of the more recent releases of big, famous watch brands that are obviously most likely going to be hard to get, either because of pricing or availability, and decided to find really cool alternatives that are not only more affordable, but also a lot more available. No, we were talking last week of Khaki Field Expedition with the Compass, and then you had also talked about the Timex Titanium, and we're like, that is such a better, or not a better, but such a good alternative that is so much more affordable. And a lot of the prices have been irking us in some yeah. of these releases. We're like, what's there? You, people must be asking, well, what is what is out there that I could get? And that's a little bit uh, more watches. What can we talk about? Yeah, exactly. It's just watches. Exactly, just watches. All righty. Let's do a quick wrist check. Wrist check. Uh, you want to go first? Mm, sure. Yeah. Why? Is there a surprise? No, I just wanted to look up a, 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 an interesting, like just some facts here about this watch because... No, it's not a big surprise, but I do have something new and I want to talk about it, but go ahead. Ooh, okay. All right, I'll go first. Uh, not much surprise uh, for me. I uh, put my uh, Speedy on the on a leather green ostrich uh, strap, courtesy of Aaron Bespoke, Aaron Pimentel, who is uh, awesome. Can you show it again? Uh, I'll see it again. Leather, let's say, leather That's and goods great. maker in Montreal that I think is uh, well-known now internationally. So that's one of the straps that I've purchased from him. Is it two years ago? Last year? I forgot. Like I've lost concept of time. It's, it's awesome. It's a and again, Speedy is such a watch that is probably one of the most versatile watches you can find. Literally anything you put on it, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's great. And I even sent you a strap this week where I said, "Oh man, if you got this, it'd be great." If your yeah. watch wasn't water resistant, what was it? It's a rubber strap. Uh, no, was it? Was it a rubber strap? Was it from that? I forget. I I've actually, I actually looked it up as we were talking about it. Was it the lugs? It. it was a Velcro. It was the lugs, I think. Velcro, Velcro strap, right? It looked, but it looked really good on the speed. I was like, that thing is. Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah it was very good. Yeah, anything looks good in it unless you put like a Vostok Amphibia bracelet on it. Then it doesn't look good anymore. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm glad that's your limit. It's like, hey, good bracelet or Vostok Amphibia. Very specific. Those are my two categories. There you go. So I'm wearing something interesting. It's called the Clockers. You go, what is that, Clockers? Clockers is It's a, like a watch, but uh, doesn't go on the wrist. Interesting. You're right. The So the watch was actually a Kickstarter that came out in 2018. A very ingenious French micro brand where it is essentially a, a watch or clock, so to speak. It has three concentric circles. It's a quartz where the smallest circle is the seconds and the center circle is the minutes and the outer circle is the hour. It's a very, very cool watch. In the back, it has a certain clip system that attaches to uh, the leather strap that allows you to use it on a clock. You can have uh, attachments for it to be at a clock when you carry it. Uh, you can put it on NATO. You, it's proprietary, some kind of like, I'll call it docking system. It is very, very unique and cumbersome. The huge issue during the Kickstarter in 2018 caused it to go bankrupt. They had changed suppliers at a given point. There were some financial issues, a lot of problems. This essentially has just been revived. And it's been revived by our friends from IkePod, Laurent, uh, Christian Laurent Coll. He took it over. And I'm, 
I am such a big fan of his work in general. He has iPod. This watch is also incredibly cool on the wrist. And this thing's also super affordable. I don't think it's less, it was less than 500 euros, by the way. <laughs> it was like 400 euros or something like that. And he included a couple of extra strap. He signed it for me. I wrote to him like, hey, I'm so happy you ended up buying this very cool brand. A lot of people were disappointed in what happened during the Kickstarter. A lot of hate on the brand because of the fact that they had, if you read up on it, there was a huge issue when there was a change of supplier that wasn't able to provide them with very specific quartz movement and they needed to pivot. They had a bun- they had like 90% of the watches of a certain 90% or like 50% of a certain uh, of run that they had, the movements were all defective. They had to get them all back, try to fix it. Oh, oh really? it was a big problem. Very big problem because of it. They ended up having to close up shop. So this other guy ended up buying the brand, reopening it under new ownership. It's all new. Like it's all, they have comes with warranty, everything like that. So anyone who's very interested in this, I'm telling you, you you can reconsider this brand if you were interested and you want. Because people who had it in it and the movement was fine were very, very happy. But the other people were not understandably were outraged. But now knowing that they're under this ownership, this guy is incredibly dope. IkePod is doing some really great things. I'm, I, I was just asking, like, what's the next brand you're going to buy? So let's tag him in this post so he can listen to this. And, and let's make sure to tag IkePod and Clockers because I think they're, they're absolutely uh, fascinating as watches. Very cool uh, look to it. And the reason I like it is it's something we don't always see. Yeah. It's good to be bold. It's good to try new things. And for such a low price to get into something super avant-garde like that, it's awesome. That's it. So that's what I was really happy. That's what I'm wearing now. And I'll be very honest. The only reason I pulled the trigger is when I found out that there, that uh, IkePod ended up buying the brand under uh, Christian Louis Cal. So I'm wondering what he's up to next. Uh, it's original as hell. Like I've, I've never yeah. seen it before. And now I'm looking in, uh, at the website. The, the docking mechanism is such a cool alternative to like classic of ways strap. of attaching yeah. straps to a watch, right? It's a very cool watch. And it sits really yeah, well, even cool. though it seems larger at 44 nice. millimeters, there are no lugs, as you can tell. So it sits very, very well. Very yeah, cool exactly. Watch. Very unique sure. avant-garde little great weekender yeah. I find or well, whatever you I call weekender but cuz maybe in a shirt cuff it's tougher to wear underneath but um I'll still wear it. Wearing it today, wearing it tonight, a lot of fun. So you have the three separate discs, right? Seconds, One for seconds, minutes, minutes and, and hours. hours. Very cool. It has like a this plastic yeah. inlay over it that kind of highlights where you need to read the time, the minutes and the hours and seconds. Like it's very cool. Well, you have to always read on top, eh? Yeah, kind of that inlay. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah, cool. I'm that's very cool. Very very. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely wear it next time we see each other. It's it's a really fun, and great watch. And, and how old is uh, uh, this? This was started. Clockers was in 2018, but IkePod came out in the 90s. So Mark Newsom, everyone knows Mark Newsom, but what did he invent from Apple? I think he invented the Apple Watch. Yeah, I mean he's an industrial uh, designer who worked with Johnny Ive, yeah. who was uh, you know uh, one of the key people in uh, at Apple. And uh, he was hired by Johnny Ive to join Apple in 2014. I don't know if it was the Apple Watch, but perhaps it's you know if it, if Apple Watch came out at that time, at around that time, that it must be it must be it must be one of it was those. the Apple Watch. He did the Apple Watch design. Sorry, that's what I just found. That's what I'm wearing. All right, let's jump on the new into the news then. Release one. There's a few uh, interesting releases. You want to go first? Yes, I do. Thank you for You're being welcome. so kind. Seiko has just, just come it. out. <laughs> With the SPB 411 fresh off the news from this morning, I saw it, had to talk about it. 
the SPB 411. I had read an article in the past where people are like, I'll bring this watch back. And one of them had been the old Seiko 6117-8000, these old vintage Seiko navigators, the first one that had the GMT on a rotating bezel. This watch uh, has a lot of vintage charm, and Seiko was capitalizing on that this year. Earlier this year, they came out with another watch with this cushion-type case that's like a, uh, a diver, so to speak, with 100 meters of water resistance. But this one, they've just come out with a new, which I can't find. I need to find the reference to that. Was it the 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 five Seiko five Sports fifty five fifty fifth anniversary? Yeah. Hey. That that one, right? Eh? Yeah. How did you know that? Wow. Uh, very smart intelligence levels through the roof. So Seiko earlier this year, leveraging the some of the hype that they had this year, they had released the Seiko five Sports fifty fifth anniversary limited edition, which is a beautiful hundred meter water resistance kind of diver with a great vintage feel. Putting that on another bracelet would just be amazing, and they're kind of capitalizing on that, coming out with a new. Uh, vintage, a new, like, say, reissue and limited edition, the Navigator Timer. So the 6117-8000 Navigator Timer, it was the brand's first GMT-style watch with a rotating external bezel. And essentially, this watch, um, the watch used a relatively simple automatic caliber that didn't have hand-winding capabilities. It had a quick set date, a 24-hour hand that moved at half speed. So that means that um, it's not going to do an hour every time you turn it. It'll it'll work. Sorry, it'll work at half speed to get around the entire uh, twenty four hour cycle. So you, I think you have to do multi, uh, two clicks to get one hour. The new Seiko SPB four eleven reissue that just came out now they call it, which is interestingly, the Prospects Land Mechanical GMT Limited Edition, which is a lot, thirty eight point five millimeters in diameter. Apparently, it has a hard coating. 19 millimeter lug width, which is typical for them. It's only 12.6 millimeters thick. And I think there's a quite a bit of it that's crystal. And it's 45.2 millimeters lug to lug, right under 46 millimeters. So that's going to sit very, very well on it. It has a 6R54 automatic, 72 hours of power reserve. So Seiko, I think, is really getting into that GMT. And this is an example of when we had, they come out with those Seiko 5 Sport GMTs. We're like, what's next for this GMT movement? They're everywhere now. GMTs are really the, I think, just killing it this year. It really is like the the complication of the year. G, the Alpinist just came out with a GMT. Their G, their prospects had a bunch of divers that were GMT as well. But this one comes into that uh, more affordable space. 4,000 units, so limited, but still available, I would say. And it just um, apparently should be at about 1,600 bucks, 1,600, 1,700 bucks. That's, it's rumored because they still haven't released uh, the pricing for it yet. But this was a very, I mean, if you want vintage, and this was one that there was a, an ask to get it back, this is a nice looking watch. I think it's really, really cool. Oh, yeah. What do you think about this one? I think it's a faithful recreation of that vintage 6117 Navigator timer. I think they even make it, I think, even more discreet in a way because they've dropped the, the navigator timer words off the, the dial, which the, the, the original one had. I mean, this is a different name. I think it looks very sleek. It's very thin. I'm curious about that new movement, 6R54. That's an independent GMT hand. Eh? Like it's a proper yeah. GMT movement. And it's a 6R, so it's a higher grade, the 72 hours of power reserve. It's also a thin movement, which is why the watch itself is only 12.6 thick. Yeah. Like all in all, Awesome watch. 100 meters of water resistance. That's a... I can't wait for... Offering, I think. If they're doing reissues, I can't wait for them to come back out with the Seiko Pogue. 
they do a pogue Ooh, and so then awesome. like a proper yeah. movement. Even if it was a couple thousand, that I might get to be like awesome chronograph from Seiko. Because oh, yeah. pogue by itself is oh, awesome. Yeah. And if they do a like a modern interpretation of this, that's hundred percent great. Yeah, very cool release, and it's just today. It's like, today. I'm curious to see how good the bracelet is. It looks very nice in pictures, but uh, you know, you never know with Seiko. You never know. All right. So, you know, following the tradition of this year of companies releasing integrated bracelet sports watches. Certina, which is uh, another uh, Swatch company, decided to introduce a very cool integrated bracelet sports watch called the uh, Certina DS7 Powermatic 80. It's, uh, you know, obviously it's a watch that can be, you, you can draw parallels to uh, Tissot PRX. 100%. And uh, at the same time, Certina kind of positions itself a little bit of as a higher tier brand. So you, you will get a bit of a bells and whistles of that coming in this watch. There are three different variations. Uh, there is a blue, there's like a nice, uh, like a, what's that color? Blue? I forget. It's uh, a, yeah, what are the primary? No, 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 the, uh, no, no, no the, the blue, but it's the blue that was used in the Rolex that was very popular. That specific blue, what's it called? Royal blue? Yeah. The baby, baby blue. blue. Tiffany. Tiffany, yeah. The Tiffany is kind of like a Tiffany aqua, but Tiffany, uh, and then, uh, you know, standard kind of black uh, dial. The interesting things about is that the bracelets, they have different color variations as well, mimicking the, the dial colors. So like the black one has... Uh, center links uh, in black and the the one with white the with, the with the white dial has a bit of notes of beige and has the beige kind of center links in the bracelet as well hmm. uh, very cool looking watches they are going to be between and I have it here in francs between 750 and 860 Swiss francs which probably translates into about 1500 bucks Canadian uh, roughly maybe a bit less maybe 13 or 1200 bucks US for a watch that's a power mighty KD workhorse uh, automatic movement, 100 meters of water resistance, very wearable, uh, 39 millimeters in diameter. I think it's a really nice watch. I think uh, interesting alternative to a PRX. It doesn't look exactly like a PRX. There are some differences. Let's say the case is a bit rounder. It features uh, crown guards and um, in, in itself kind of you know deserves a spot as a, as a unique and a original watch. I, I'm quite liking this. Uh, never really, I think never really... I never really like held, I think, or wore uh, Certina. Yeah, to that point, but uh, they're cool watches. To that point, Certina is not very popular in North America. That's kind of the point. They've kind of kept it out, Swatch Group, from North America because of, of maybe, I don't know, cannibalism. Who doesn't like that every once in a while? But in this case, yeah. it's much more popular in the European market. I've had discussion with ADs about, like, why don't we have Certina? It's like, it's just not something that they want to bring to the, to the North American market. I think this is a you know, jumping on the integrated bracelet bandwagon, I think it looks different enough that I was like, oh, that's nice. Yep. I'm looking forward to see what Hamilton has in store. Will they come out with an integrated bracelet? Will Mido come out with one? Where's Longines? Mido. Where's Longines? They haven't had one in their thing. And if they go into the some type heritage, I don't know. But if they come out with something beautiful there, that could also be a killer in those in those upper echelons of the two $3,000 range. Where's Oris's integrated bracelet? Where's Omega? Well, Oris has it on the Aquas. <laughs> But they don't have one as like these, like, you know what I mean? Like more like dress, dressier watch that every day. This one's a proper diver at 300 meters of water resistance. Yeah. But in that Swatch group, it makes you think that Mido, Longines, what's up with, um, they're going to have those next. What else? Is there? Hamilton that? doesn't have an, inter do they have an integrated bracelet? I can't think of one. Well, at least not one that's popular. I don't think so. You know? They have a bunch of American classics. Uh, yeah. But they're not integrated bracelets. They're like from the 30s and the 40s. 
you know, Art Deco. Exactly. Stuff, yeah. We need to see what what they could have in store for that. And I'm not saying that everyone has to jump on the bandwagon, but integrated bracelets, people love that. It's a good bandwagon to jump on. It's not necessarily just like I, I kind of see. Well, if it's popular and it's a very versatile type of a watch, and why it's not? well executed, if you can execute it at a high level. Then exactly. Then Look at Bowman Mercier. I mean, that inspired the IWC engineer this year. No, I'm just kidding. I'm being, I'm being shitty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hello, Hello Rishmo. <laughs> there you go. That's a great release. My second release, Timex, another one that I saw just today. And let me open it up here because I think I closed my notes here, but it's not a difficult one to talk about. They just released a new Waterbury GMT. And this one is a continuation. And remember, if you sign up to Timex and give your email, you get 15% off. So right now they just came up with a new uh, Waterbury traditional GMT. So the traditional one that they had before had this like weird, oh, not weird, but it was an interesting colorway. They had it on a strap. They actually put it on a bracelet. But this one, they just kind of pivoted and started to build um, one that is a Pepsi and one that is a GM uh, Coke. Not a Pepsi. One's a Batman and one that's a Coke. They're very nice in the pictures. Timex is really good at that. We need to see what it is in the flesh. But this is a watch that's 259 Canadian dollars and 299 on the bracelet, Canadian, minus 15% if you sign up. It's a quartz movement, but it's a GMT, and it looks damn good. <laughs> It's 39 millimeters. It has, comes either in the synthetic rubber strap or that bracelet, which is probably not great as a bracelet in general. And even the rubber strap is not. But if you put on something else, I mean, it doesn't matter. Case finish, some brushing, some polish. 100 meters of water resistance. I like that. I like that. You don't have to worry about that. If you have it on the weekend, you go take a swim. I like that a lot. 11.5 millimeters in height. Has a great vintage flair. Very skin diver-ish in terms of the, the, the case and the way it looks. So 100 meters is perfect. And that's what I think hurts Timex a lot. They make great watches, but the water the water resistance is terrible. So yeah, Timex, they keep uh, doing well. <laughs> keep doing some cool stuff. Yeah. The, the one thing that I would say about Timex is that they have a lot of, especially when they're creating historical designs, they have so many awesome watches to draw yeah. inspiration from. And they, but they do a lot. They, oh, it's almost like they do too Agreed. much. As if they, if they did a little bit less, but just improve the quality... Yep. a little bit focus more on quality ju than just pumping yeah. out numbers because uh, they have a, lo a lot of amazing designs but like maybe you said, for the quality maybe for the watch enthusiast or the watch geek a little bit because at the end of the day they're they're also convenient and uh, that could be department store watches right people go to the bay or people go to nordstrom and like oh let me pick or macy's and let me pick up a timex that's there right oh it's on sale and you can pick them up that's how they move their stock as well so there's certainly a business model there that we need to, not we, but like that, that they certainly know what they're doing. They've been around forever. Uh, but for their other big designs that are a little bit more expensive, because you can get a time it's at 60 bucks. This is almost 300. They go, woof. But it's, it's really cool. Woof. You know, I'll give you one because I'm talking about the water resistance. Did you see, by the way, that Casio Duro that was released that was 38 millimeters? Recently? It just no. came out. Well, I mean, I know Casio Duro. Casio Duro. 38 millimeters. People are like, what? That's so good. The other one's 44 millimeters. It comes on a full bracelet. <sighs> bracelet sucks. And here's the other one. The other one, when it was 200 meters of water resistance, this one has 50. So, so crazy letdown. I saw that and I was like, ugh. Ooh. Terrible. That is... See, look at your face. You're like, what? Duro is famous for... Yeah. Duro is famous for being... An extremely affordable alternative to a, yeah. a Submariner. <laughs> and it has 200 meters of water resistance. This one has yeah. a push pull. There's crown. a reason why it has a dolphin on it. And then they removed it. Remember the dolphin yeah. from yeah, the Duro? Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't associate it with uh, fish anymore, or mammals. Exactly. 
Yeah, interesting. Fifty meters. Oh, it's a it's yeah. a long play. Yeah, that's that's that sucks. What does it what does it aim for? Know. Is it still like a the same shape same, as a diver? It looks exactly like the other Duro. Like the classic Duro. Thirty eight millimeters hmm. bracelet that is awful, but fifty meters water resistance. I mean, it was two hundred meters. You could always put it on a tropic strap and be happy and have a smaller. That's very unusual. You know, diver, but good lord. And it's not hard to... Yeah, if I wanted some shitty... Hell, even if they gave it 100 meters, it would be fine. But there's no excuse. It's yeah. not hard. Dude, this one, they only no. have a push-pull crown, no screw-down crown, and uh, the back is not even a, a screw-down case back. It's just a press-on. That's why it's 50 meters. They really cheaped out on it. Yeah, if I wanted to have like some shitty water resistance like that, I would just uh, wear a Speedmaster. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah, it's a uh, Timex is awesome, and I'm still thinking about that expedition north that uh, the, the we talked about last episode. That is such a such a great looking such watch. Great watch. Perfect for the weekend. Perfect for anything really in terms of like, because I hike quite a bit on the weekend. I love to go take hikes, and I was like, I need a field watch for this. Like, no, no, you don't. But <laughs> but it's uh, what are you, 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 you by that you mean going to people's porches and stealing their Amazon hey, packages? I resent that. <laughs> That's very racist. Your neighbors also resent that. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. Um, Obviously, they don't. But uh, and most of the time, I wear my, I think my Momentum Titanium, I wear that a lot. And I wear my Seiko Alpinist a lot because it's like the perfect field watch. Yeah, I'm waiting for my Momentum. Uh, checking my emails daily. Yeah, should be on its way it's soon. It's supposed to be sent. Both Nevada and Momentum are supposed to be sent to Ooh, me. It's going to be fun. You know, shortly. You're going to oh, wear yeah. either one of those to wind up? If I get it before, yeah, for sure. I'll bring one of them for sure. Yeah, bring the Nevada. They're going to be there. Yeah, if I get it. But I think both of them are supposed to be sent out uh, at the end of October. So I'm not sure. Maybe the timeline is just not going to work. I don't know. Momentum will be there. They were there at the um, last wind-up in Chicago. I don't know if they'll be there at this one. But this one has a lot of brands. There. There's a lot of new brands in there. Yeah. yeah, I think I might bring my isotope just because they'll be there. Nice. Next one. So this brand called Bremoir, it's the registered second watch. Uh, they are they draw their inspiration from Art Deco designs. The first watch uh, was, uh, I think, Lexington series that uh, was expired by the Chrysler Building. This one is trying to the Chrysler Building. This one is trying to ca- <laughs> capture the Art Deco styles of LA of West Coast, and it's called um, Eastern which is uh, drawing inspiration from the iconic uh, Eastern Columbia building in LA. Ah, yeah, I see that. Why this watch is cool, it's, um, you know, like design-wise, it's uh, very interesting. It's, I mean, it's super Art Deco inspired. It's the midnight blue dial with a, like a nice graphical base with a, a, blue, a bright blue sky, printed hours, ring playing homage to that Eastern Columbia building. The turquoise uh, kind of ring around the dial as well. Uh, architectural elements that are kind of representative of that building. Uh, it's a 39 millimeter case that is featuring the STP 111 automatic movements sourced from Fossil. It's a workhorse, it's a reliable movement that has a 44 hour power reserve, beats at 4 hertz. It open, also features an open case back that uh, has some interesting uh, decoration. It has uh, Code de Genève and Perlage on bridges. Uh, all of that, it goes for 985 USD. And I think it's available on the website as of right now. So what, like 1200 bucks? The rotor is beautiful. I love the crown. I love that the bezel has polish to counter the, the brushing of the case. The shape of the case is really, really well made for the Art Deco that is trying to emit. The loom is fascinating on this watch. 
because all of the indices above it and the circle are loomed out with the hands. I think every element on the dial is such an awesome representation of Art Deco. Brilliant. Of I, I can almost see the building oh, yeah. by looking at the dial, just because of like like the font that they chose for all of the numerals, uh, you know the 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 round markings oh, yeah. for hours. It's just it's beautiful. It's, no, it's beautiful. If you perfect. are into that kind of style, yeah, yeah. it's a fantastic offering. If you want like um, if you want to dance to Charleston, or you know if you want to see uh, Al Capone shoot somebody or rob somebody, Life. this is the watch for you. Yeah, if you want to person. talk like this, say, hey, rah, yeah. Rah, rah, yeah, rah. let's go sit here and have a Manhattan. Yeah, rah, rah. This is this is the watch for you. Makes me think of Joe Pesci in uh, Goodfellas. That's a very good uh, analogy. Well, no, you made me think of Joe Pesci. Well. <laughs> and see. <laughs> and see. And see. So, well, yeah. Do I look funny to you? <laughs> well, like, a, like I'm some kind of clown? What the <laughs> fuck do you think? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I like this. I saw it and I thought it was a really nice watch. And you know what's interesting about Brimoire is if you look at the watches that they they released, uh, when you talk about the first one, the Chrysler building. I know you remember that Chrysler, but you remember that uh, sketch. Uh, it was destroyed in, Arm in uh, Armageddon, right? No, it's the did they rebuild it? No, it's the sketch where the train is always going to go crash in the Chrysler building with Denzel Washington and Captain. Pike. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like chugga chugga choo choo. From that movie, Unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. Unstoppable. <laughs> what's great about this is that. They didn't go with the typical dive watch. They started with uh, a specific style, very focused on Art Deco, you know, applied indices, very thoughtful dials. And um, as an iteration to the first one, which was really nice, I think this one's actually much improved. The 12369 are just phenomenal on the where they're placed onto that dial. Yeah. Very, very good. Good release. I was, uh, yeah, I'm really happy you did that one. Interesting, though, to see that they chose such a niche market uh, for watches. Right, like they only focus on Art Deco style, and you know, there's, it's there's probably not a lot of competition if you want to just do that. But I don't think you, to do Very a watch cool. like that, you're probably not thinking of the competition. You're probably thinking, oh, I like this watch. I want to make this because I enjoy it, and that you know, props to that. My third and yeah. final release is the Presidus. So Presidus is a relatively new brand, but they made the name for themselves because what this was, what was done is that in this brand is making modern remakes of old military watches. Most recently, th this watch is called the MACV SOG or the MACV SOG, which means Military Assistant Command Vietnam Studies and Observation Group. <laughs> so it's a classified United States unit that used to do covert operations before and during the Vietnam War. To show that the research was done correctly, Presidus met with one of the members of the MACV SOG, John Meyer, Stryker Mayer, who had wrote three books explaining his experiences there. This sparked the reconnaissance spec project that led to this watch, the Rex Spec uh, MACV SOG series. It has a very unique 60-style of Seiko's watches. So there were Seiko models in the 60s that were intended to be dress watches rather than field watches. You can see immediately the Seiko inspiration of this watch, the Seiko 6119-8090. The watches worked very, very well 
to be more so as field watches, even though they were intended to be dress watches. <laughs> so this rec spec uh, from uh, Presidis is an homage to the men of the Mach V SOG and the equipment that they use to get this great intel. Uh, the watch comes in a 38 millimeter case that's two millimeters larger than the original 38 millimeter, 36 millimeters. It has a recessed crown at the four o'clock that really just sits perfectly in it when it's in the you know disengaged position, keeping it almost like you had no crown itself. It is 8.11.8 millimeters thick, 45 millimeters lug to lug, 20 millimeter lug spacing, 50 meters of water resistance, which is very typical for a field, in this case, dress watch, a mix of brushed and polish, just a very beautiful watch. The dial is where I thought was really, really great. It has a lot of style to it, a texture a little bit like the, the Timex that you presented last week. It has a day-date function while the date is a different color than the day. It says Rexpec with 24 jewels indicated on it and applied. Uh, that one is just um, not applied. I think it's painted. Filled with Super Luminova for the loom. It is just a really beautiful watch. It comes with a very affordable Seiko NH36 caliber. It's written proudly assembled in the USA. And what's when I said affordable, this watch comes in right now at 295 US dollars. So if you want a faithful recreation of that Seiko 61198090, you want something modern that the guy actually did his homework to build you a watch that has the right level of details, this might be one for you. And by the way, comes in two with two extra straps. You have the Tropic, gives you a leather and a fabric textile strap that comes with it. 295 US, hard to argue with that. Yeah, you can get a Swatch uh, Moonwatch that will break in a month. Or this. Or this, mm -hmm. that will last forever. And yeah, it's very cool. You know what, I, I've like realized over time that I, I love when a date window is well executed. Yeah. Like I hate it when it's an afterthought, just a stamp like for the hole to show the number. When it's uh, when it's a centerpiece or like an important part of the design of the dial, I love it so much, and I think this one is one of those. That NH thirty six is the one that has the day yeah. date window, yeah. and it's a relatively big open opening, and then they they put a nice like uh, metal let's say, design around it to yeah. to showcase it. It's beautiful. The dial yeah. is awesome. For $295, you get a dial that's interesting, yeah. that's textured. Yeah. Like, you don't get a lot of watches for that price no. that have a textured dial. No. And it's a really good recreation of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a military watch. I love it. Yeah. Very nice. I like the oh, very nice watches, black man. green, the textured one with the, with the, yeah. like the greenish loom. They have a brown dial as well. Uh, but this is a really cool brand. I think it's a lot of fun. Beautiful for the price. That's what I think is really great. It's it's a good example of the episode today of affordable watches or affordable alternatives. I know this may not be an alternative, but goddamn, that's cool to get a, a, a watch at this kind of price. And you can still get something really well thought of at a good price because this is Ali, AliExpress uh, prices as well, which has no less soul, I find, than this guy who's done research following up with a guy who was part of that actual reconnaissance group. Yeah, very nice. And, you know, their website has a lot of, they have a lot of different watches already. So go into the website, check it out. It's uh, Oh, they have cool ones. They have some that are, cool are really uh, proper. They have some that you can pay more if you want a better movement. They have a canteen that covers the crown as well if you want to go. <laughs> it's very faithful reissues and he's not making it, with, you know, to make a lot of money. Very nice.
All righty. So let's uh, jump into the topic. Uh, you know, got it. You want to start? You want me to start? I'll start. I'll go first. Then I finish. You know that. Yeah, you finish. I finish or first, you. and then uh, you finish. Or if you don't, or by yourself. <laughs> then you do whatever the hell you need yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to be out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sleeping. Exactly. <laughs> Half asleep. Just don't wake me up. <laughs> Stop making noises. Go to that room. So what we try to do is that uh, we try to find alternatives that are a bit more affordable to some of the famous, obviously more expensive watches and small caveat, also relatively new releases, right? And a lot of brands had pretty cool new releases as of late. So it wasn't very difficult to find famous watches and find alternatives for them. My first one would be uh, an alternative to the Omega Planet Ocean. So what I was trying to find is that the Planet Ocean, especially recently, they did the they did the you know they did a special release when uh, for the anniversary. Then they were all blue. Uh, there was the anniversary for yeah. I can't remember how many years it is. Uh, my brain is uh, not working super well Three. as usual. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> and they th- yeah the Planet Ocean specifically what I wanted to go is not for regular Seamaster, but the Planet Ocean is just some they 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 go a bit more aggressive, let's say, more creative with colors. Yeah. And they obviously have a bit more water resistance. So, and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about the 6,000s. I'm talking about, let's say, 500, 600 meters. What can you get? Because the Planet Ocean is quite expensive. It's over $10,000 and it's a great watch, obviously, by itself. But there are also, you know, somebody who wants to have a, like a nice, summery, playful watch that also offers a ton of water resistance could be an interesting alternative. So one of them is the... the um, would be the Alpina, and I don't go often. Sometimes I use this kind of as an, as an opportunity to go and research about the brand. So this is the Alpina Seastrong Diver Dryer Automatic. It comes for 2100 Canadian dollars. Why it's cool is because it's, um, you know, it's a historically significant brand that uh, has recently been releasing really awesome watches. And they do have maybe lesser known lines that are diver watches. This one is 300 meter water resistance, very colorful. It has uh, stainless steel with blue PVD coating, 60 minutes unidirectional bezel. It's a 44 millimeter watch that's 12.15 thick, sapphire crystal, engraved case back. Like I said, uh, 300 uh, meters of water resistance with a screw and crown. The movement is the Alpina 525 caliber, which is a Celita SW200 base. 38 hours of power reserve, 2300 Canadian dollars, or actually on, uh, on a different website, I see 2195 uh, Canadian dollars for a watch from a reputable Swiss brand that, you know, will give you all the colors that you would want from a planet ocean, but also, you know, you'll get something that's not necessarily going to lose a lot of value. And if at some point you get tired of it, you can sell it at 80% of the value of the price. So that's one. And that's, you know, this one is, it's also cool because the strap is a, using what they call an R-PET, which is a recycled plastic bottles. So it's a blue and black NATO strap. And also included in the box is the additional black Apple leather strap in the pouch that's also made from recycled plastic. I think going together with Planet Ocean and what uh, you know Oris has been doing actually recently with uh, going green and carbon neutral, it's a cool alternative, very colorful, and you get a really like serious diver with 300 meters of water resistance. That is for 2,000 bucks. And I have a quick alternative that's a bit more intense uh, spec-wise, and that that's from Boulder, 
you know, we've all heard of Boulder watches. They have been doing some cool things inspired by, I think, Colorado, specifically Boulder, Colorado, I think. And there's just the outdoorsy kind of activities and all of the watches in the collection from Boulder are spec monsters. They're all kind of intense that they're supposed to survive different conditions. This one, a Boulder Odyssey, part of their Odyssey collection, the specific one is the Odyssey Black Abyss. So it's a big uh, big boy, 45.5 millimeters, full stainless steel watch with a helium escape valve. And why does it need a helium escape valve, you ask? Well, because the water resistance is 500 meters. It's also Salida based, Salida SW200 1. So saturation diving levels here, yeah. This is, yeah, this is intense. Matte mm-hmm. dial, hands with high precision Lumicast pieces made of Superluminova, 120 uh, click unidirectional stainless steel bezel, double dome subfire crystal AR coating, uh, rubber. Uh, fluorostomer rubber fluorelastomer I'm not good at uh, pronouncing things 16.8 thick case big boy but it's 500 meters of water resistance it's, uh, how much does that one go for? that one is going for 1100 US dollars unfortunately though this one is limited to 100 pieces so it's uh, at this point it's uh, sold out but they will be releasing a new iteration and uh, if you sign up i think you'll you might get an email when it becomes available again it's a cool watch i think directly from their website yeah exactly i'm gonna send it to them what's the name of the web well is it just well it's bouldersupply.co and yeah. then you just find the odyssey black abyss and then look it, yeah. it, it has like a black dial that is patinaed a little bit like fake patina obviously yeah interesting designs very like over engineered i would say kind of what makes me think a bit about like a ball watch company in terms of how yeah. intensely like engineered their watches look but it's a cool alternative colorful and for a price that's a fraction of omega so that's my two alternatives to planet ocean very very nice very 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 nice I'm looking at Boulder or the Odyssey MGP. They have so many cool watches. Like they have some cool chronographs that they've released this year. You gotta see them. I wish they they went uh, to Wayne. Yeah. You gotta check out as well. If you're looking at a brand that's very like I find it's interesting. It has this look like this as well as Zelos out of Singapore. They are known for being super uh, great bang for buck, but they look very similar to what Boulder is offering. So check them out as well. They have some really high spec watch, and they have a release coming out in the next couple of days. I think it's tomorrow on the fifth. Or fourth, even they're starting. They have a new batch coming up. I went with a very popular release of the year, kind of quiet in this way, but it's the Tudor Pelagos FXD coming out in 2021. They was a very hyped up release with the Marine Nationale, and so I was like, "Well, everyone wants." A tutor, yes, but what are your options out there? And I didn't go for a spec to spec. I went with what you would want in terms of being linked to the Marine Nationale. And I even stayed within the French Marine Nationale. So let me just be very Ooh, clear. Can I guess? There's a few, believe it or not. I went with uh, Yema, the Marine Nationale. Yeah. Um, the Navigraph? Navigraph, that's correct. So the French Marine Nationale actually has other brands that are part of their uh, lineup, such as Aaron, Casio, Boucha, and Yema. But to be clear, the Marine Nationale doesn't actually issue the Navigraph to those serving in the French Navy. What it does in affiliation is that members of the Marine Nationale can get up to a 50% discount from their base store to use on Yema's website. So there's, an, there's a connection there, 
but I think it's really more of a relationship where they can get a, a discount uh, on Yemo watches. So you're likely going to see a lot of the folks in the Marine National wearing Yemo watches if they're, that's sort of their thing, but they're not issued watches. The case for this watch is very, very well proportioned. It is 39 millimeters in diameter, so it sits a lot like a, a Black Bay. It has a skin diver type feel. It has a height of 12.15 millimeters, a sapphire crystal, and even of it, I think it's 11 millimeters thick without the sapphire crystal. What else can I say here? It has a 19 millimeter lug width, a closed case back. It's rated for 300 meters of water resistance. A very clean dial, very vintage inspired bezel, very legible, beautiful blue um, that surrounds the, the, the pattern of the watch with a very contrasting white indices, white handset. It's, it reads, if I'm not mistaken, Navigraph in a different color. And it comes full set of bracelet. You can put it on mesh. I've seen them, and they have a, a, a Marine Nationale kind of elastic uh, Erica straps uh, style uh, bracelet. It has an anchor at the six o'clock reading Marine Nationale. The presentation to this watch is actually quite beautiful. And I love the fact that they didn't put any fotina and they just kept it blue and white, not having to look um, a little bit uh, to that side. They have the specs of an ETA 2024. 20, but they call it the Yema 2000 caliber. And the movement, apparently, it's plus or minus 10 seconds a day. Max variation, they have it. So it's a little bit better than the ETA 2024, four hours more power reserve. And it's plus or minus 25 seconds a day in the max variation. That's so the daily rate versus the max. So if you look at this, it's, it's actually uh, just runs like an ETA 2024. It has an H-style link bracelet, very reminiscent of the 70s. It has a dive extension in the clasp. Um, I think it's a great watch for what you can get in terms of the the money. I think this watch is, goes for about nine hundred, less than nine hundred U.S. dollars. And to get a watch that has a connection and a partnership with the Marine Nationale, and if you want that Marine Nationale from Tudor, which is not easy to get, um, this is one that does have an official link for a very big fraction of the price. Now, we've had a lot of issues discussing uh, the. Yema, their customer service, their, especially uh, in the last few few uh, years, we'll so to speak. They've been really working on that, it seems. I've been reading a lot of articles that, you know, is praising the effort and you see that they're, they're doing great stuff. They just came out with a freaking tourbillon. They're not messing around. They came out with a full chronograph at under $2,000 at Swiss, kind of like in response to the Baltic that looks great. They're doing some really nice things. I'm looking forward to seeing them at Windup. I I want to be proven wrong and for or I want everyone to be proven wrong uh in terms of like that they're that they're just you know that they're not up to snuff and I don't see too many discounts on their website so I'm happy to see that. <laughs> yeah, I I'm liking the fact that I don't see discounts cuz it it takes away from the experience. Yeah. But the the tour, they created a tourbillon. they're stepping up they're doing some great things. Yeah, that was for the um uh what's that uh was it only watch that, that the auction, yeah, it was the only watch. I think. Did they do it for only watch? I don't know. Let me check their site. I don't. I didn't see anything about only watch. I think they just did it. Maybe, I, maybe you're right. I assumed that because uh, it's so. It seems that it's so far outside of what they are usually doing. Yeah, I think you can buy maybe it. Maybe you're right. Even. 
Yeah, I see it. Uh, $10,000 US, you can get it to be on. Yeah, that's amazing. That's cool. And it's a good-looking watch. Cool. And they recently came out with a series of their own Manufacture Calibre with a micro-rotor. They did a whole um, uh, in-house manufacturing with a micro-rotor that was just really well done. It's lo- lo- local production. They're really stepping up their uh, their game. Their last recent Sumarin Diver is very reminiscent of the Breitling Super Ocean, but... Otherwise, they have some really great-looking skin divers, the Superman 500, they have the GMT line, the Navigrav, they have some heritage watches. Man, yeah, I think you're right. the GMT Coke with the maxi dial is fucking great. Oh, yeah. Their GMT Navigravs are beautiful as well. But I'm a big fan. They have this Yema Superman World Time GMT. That one looks awesome. Yema, you're on my radar. Yeah, watch out. It's going to buy all of your inventory. Next. So this one is a bit less of a less of a... A recent release and more of a watch that we discuss often. It's the GLC Reverso that uh, has raised its prices quite significantly in the last few years, something like forty-four percent in just like a year or so. Good lord, Ugh. which is insane. Beautiful watch and obviously amazing history, but becoming very unattainable. So, if you like rectangle watches that are dress watches, there are a lot of alternatives that are there. And I'm only going to list three, and I'll go quickly. Uh, and each of them, I think deserves a kind of a spot on its own but um it's just one of the few just a few in the sea of many other ones first one is from raymond wheel uh, this is a swiss company the family owned that was founded in 1976 it was uh staying within the company right now it's managed by uh raymond wheel's grandson ellie bernheim they sell about 200,000 watches per year, according to the Wikipedia page. But I'm not sure if that's Insane. true. That seems like a lot. Maybe it is true because they also, like you can also find them in department stores, I think, sometimes. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe and they're not cheap, cheap. They're not cheap, cheap. And this one is the, uh, the, the one that I found is the Raymond Wheel Toccata. So this watch has some history. It, I think, initially was released in 1995, I believe. It's a uh, it's a rectangle watch. It features a quartz movement, though, but uh, it's a very nicely packaged one. Kind of you know, like you get uh, Cartier, thirty-seven twenty-five by twenty-nine sixty dial size. It's only six point four thick because of that quartz movement. You don't get much water resistance because it's a dress watch, fifty meters, sapphire crystal, very clean, uh, Roman numerals, uh, nice nice design, very very small date window. All of that is just a little bit over a thousand dollars. I think I wrote it somewhere here. I think it's something like twelve hundred bucks U.S. for a brand that's Swiss. That's not, I think, owned by anybody. That's in the family. That is that has fifty years of history. It's a cool alternative to you know GLC that is very hard to get. Uh, another one, uh, and I will go uh, quickly also, is the Beaumont Mercier, uh, part of Richemont. They have been quietly, quietly, not necessarily quietly, but kind of, you know, behind the scenes, considering the fact that IWC releases watches and then Bowman Mercier also releases watches that are almost exactly the same, but uh, a lot cheaper. <laughs> so they, they have a nice rectangle version that's called Hampton 10528. That one is $3,000 US, so let's say $4,000 Canadian. From a brand that you know now is part of Richmond Group, but by itself it has crazy history. It's, uh, it started off in 1830 in Geneva. Mm-hmm. And you know, followed a lot of different uh, expansions and uh, change of hands. Have a lot of different lines that are famous, like Classima, uh, Capeland, um, the Riviera, the Riviera. Exactly, that was the integrated bracelet one. That's uh, you know challenging IWC's engineer. 
This one is cool because, again, it's a very nicely executed, slightly more expensive. Like I said, it's $3,000 US. A uh, watch that's uh, 27.5 millimeters by 43, 9.95 thick, but, but it's an automatic uh, mechanical movement. Sapphire crystal, 50 meters of water resistance. Very cool. It has ETA 2895, 4 hertz, uh, 42 hours of power reserve. It's a very nicely executed watch that's very clean. It actually, of, of the li- of, on the list of my choices, it resembles the GLC Reverso the most because it has a small second dial at the bottom. Interesting alternative. It also has an open case back with a decorated rotor. I think it's a Cote de Genève uh, finish. Very cool. Finally, uh, a quick soundbite. Uh, we just mentioned it earlier in the show. Hamilton you know, has recently revived its uh, Bolton collection, originally from the 1940s, which is now part of their American Classics line. So the Bolton is just a cool, also Art Deco inspired, just like you know the Reverso, you could say, as um, some Art Deco design choices. It's a very cool watch that's also a rectangle, but because it's part of the Swatch Group, it has the caliber Hamilton H50, uh, which is a Nata. It's a 34 by 38 millimeters, 11.2 thick, sapphire crystal, 80 hours of power reserve, comparing to the other ones. But also, it's quite a bit more affordable because it's also only about 1200 bucks, considering comparing to the Bowman Mercier. So those are just the three. Each of them is very nice. I would wear, to be honest, any one of them, I think they're all good choices, but there's so many other more. Like, I didn't even go for the independence, you know, like the Lori Zephyr. I, I didn't go for the Oris rectangle. Yeah, rectangular, yeah. That's... It's beautiful, yeah. I'm going to go into something that's actually relatively affordable and then go into something really affordable. Dimitri disappointed us all by presenting the Seiko Cold Water Skin Divers, the American edition that was released to the three colors with the gradient fumes. I think mm-hmm. that was your release last week or the week before. Somebody well, I mean, you said disappointed. I'm assuming it's every week. So, yeah, I'm not your dad. Uh-huh. You know, it's <laughs> so father. Um, the, when did you present those Seiko Cold Water Divers? Uh, I think it was um, last week, episode 141. Yeah. So, they were about even that Seiko diver that you had, the SPV 143. A lot of questions we go, man, it's, it's expensive. They've gotten up in price. It is. Right now at 1300 bucks, 1500 bucks, et cetera. So I was looking at the, for a watch that you can get a skin diver for a lot of affordability and actually have some, let's call it heritage behind it. So I found a French brand and I've liked it. I've seen this brand in the past. I never talked about it. it was, I, I knew about it in the past and they're now at their third watch as part of the collection. The brand is called Le Forbin Sécurité Mère. So they came out with their first, and I'm talking about the first dive watch of Le Forban Sécurité Mère, which is called uh, Le Bresse, Le Bretoise, or Le Bretoise, yeah, Le Bretoise, that's way it be pronounced. Their second one was called La Malouine, and the third one is La Rochelaise, or Rochelaise. Uh, all, they're both, they're all really good looking watches. Oh, yeah. Very well thought of. Um, so what's interesting about this brand is that they came back out in 2019. They released um, the Malouin. So this was a, a revive. So this is again a, um, let's call it a zombie brand, one that had struggled in the quartz crisis. But this is a watch, that ex- a brand that existed in the late 60s. 
um, and this was during the rise of scuba, right? So there was recreational, professional diving. There's a lot of history there that specifically is tied to France. Emile Gagnon, Jacques Cousteau, that developed the scuba apparatus in the 50s. Uh, there's a there's a link there to the French um, dive watch, we'll call it um, popularity. So there was a lot of popularity. In 69, they created the first iteration, Giggity, of the dive watch. And this was, it, was, it really was a skin, a skin diver. So something that is made more for the snorkeling perspective uh, and something that could be worn on the day-to-day for the different uh, scuba divers then. Uh, so as a as a reissue of that 1969 flagship model, the Bretoise has the very similar uh, look to it. It is something that is, that they say, assembled in France or in Paris specifically, assembled in France, assembled in Paris, France. There you go. It is a 38.4 millimeter in diameter. So it is that great perfect skin diver size that is not over 40 millimeters and not a lot smaller than 36. It's just a great dive size. Great for um, everyday use. Thick at Thicker at 12.75 millimeters. So I don't think that's too, too thick. Has a wonderful dial. And a lot of people look at it and say, hey, that looks like the Glasshood Original or the Airain uh, diver as well. This was a style that was back from the 60s. The For- Le Forbin Sécurité Mars 60s version of this watch had that dial as well. So it's not a taking it from Glasshood Original. So people need to think again. It does look like a CQ. But, but it, I mean, they all have connections uh, between each other. They all borrow designs from each other. So Exactly. But if you look at the 60s, you can find Le Forbin Sécurité Mars, the original one, and it had those that exact dial. So... Hell, I could have said this is a good alternative to the CQ <laughs> if you wanted one as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it also has some, you know, it kind of looks like the 50 Fathoms a little a bit. A little bit. That's what it was trying to, the, the inspiration from back then. A use, uh, so it has a unidirectional bezel. It has the, the accentuated broad arrow tip for the minute hand, which is what a diver needed to have, that legible 12, 10, 2, 8, 4, and 6 indice with a lot of use of the of Super Luvanova C3. Um, the watch, as I said, will will sit very well on your wrist and boast a very acceptable 150 meters of water resistance, giving it that great uh, 60s charm of it not having to be uh, 200 meters. It has the French flag or the French nation's colors. It says Bretoise in cursive, which I find is very well made and just says France underneath. Uh, it has that beautiful anchor under the Le Forbin at the 12. Um, it is a powered by a, a Miyota 8215. So that's the one thing that people may be a little bit drawn off. They go, it's a very cheap movement. They should have made it a little uh, bit more expensive. But this watch is under 500 US dollars at 486. Exactly. So it's about 400 euros, 408 euros. So it's it's very affordable and a very good looking watch that has heritage that was revived. And I've, if you go on Instagram, look them up, you can see people wearing the watch. It's a good looking watch. So maybe it's an alternative to CQ, but I was looking at those Seiko skin divers and 62 miles, right? Everyone loves that old vintage style. Here's a good vintage style, well executed. And their other watches, the Malouin and the Rochelais, have a look at them too. They're also really good looking watches. Yeah, the reason I said CQ was because the design, the font design of the uh, numerals really resembles yeah. the CQ, especially the six. But um, yeah. beautiful watch for that price. Like, yeah. makes you really question why is Seiko pricing their stuff at like $2,000? 
right? Even though it's like a slightly exclusive model that is inspired by the Alaskan uh, glacier waters, yeah, right? Uh, dials are a bit prettier than usual, but it's a lot because you know you can get almost as much, and in some departments even more from a different watch brand for a fraction of the price. Yeah. All right. Nice. That's very cool. I'm going to follow that brand. I've never heard of them before, but uh, really liking this these designs. The Rocha Laser is a bit uh, different. Uh, it's like a... Looks good too. Looks great, yeah. A compressor type uh, diver, I think, right? Yeah, compressor style <laughs> diver, yeah. And uh, it just, yeah, it's a very different color. Like the first two designs are very similar to each other, but this, the, the, it's really cool. I'm really liking this. All right. So my last pick, and this is, again, kind of like following the trend. Uh, Tag was re releasing a lot of Carreras lately. Awesome. Just a lot of chronographs. And you box. know everybody wants one. Good. Like, I don't even want to talk about the skipper. That one is beautiful. Oh, God, that's good. That one is very particular. But just if you want, if you want a cool, like, vintage-inspired racing chronograph, but you can't afford a Tag, uh, there are a lot of options you know, uh, available for you, especially if you go to Seiko. If you go to Seiko, you can get uh, the Prospex Speed Timer that is powered by the V192 Mecha Quartz movement. Extremely affordable. Uh, I think it's around 675 US dollars. So within a thousand dollars Canadian, you can get one. That one is like a perfect chronograph on a steel bracelet. It encompasses the era super well. Historical watch What's model the reference as well, number? speed timer. Is there a reference number? The reference number is SSC813. Okay. That one is a, a white dial, black sub dials. And I always forget the evil panda, regular panda, or slightly evil, or whatever. So this is the so last the model. Pandas. This is the old model that is... They still have it, but it's the smaller one. This one's a 39 millimeters versus the new one that's 41. But this is a, yeah, I love this watch. Yes, exactly. And that's more wearable. And it's, it's, it looks like they're using the same case shape as the, the yeah. SPBs, the divers. Right? Very similar case shape. So, uh, you know, I wore, I've owned one and I can vouch it's extremely wearable. Also comes with 100 meters of water resistance. It's hard to pass on something like this. And if you want to get a cool chronograph, you know, look no further. If you have a bit more money to spend, you can get the automatic version, also the speed timer. It's slightly differently designed, but that one is the uh, SRQ037. That's a $3,000 Seiko chronograph that's vintage inspired. It doesn't have the tachymeter bezel, but it is a proper chronograph with the automatic Seiko movement. A bit more expensive. The movement itself is the... That's the 8R46. 8R46, yeah. which is a two-sub-dial chronograph. Uh, again, this one features 100 meters of water resistance. Joules. A, yeah. a bit of a big boy. It's thick on the thicker side, 15.1, but it's still very wearable because they are... No, but it's based on this stopwatch. I think that's the inspiration of what they actually came out with is initial stopwatches, right? Yeah, it's just that it's a bit less, let's say, versatile in terms of size. But again, even that is not something that you, people should be scared of because they curve quite a bit. The double uh, dual curves of fire crystal. Seiko is the best. Seiko and Tudor, I find, are the best at making large watches 
feel very small. Yeah, like you know, I had the I had the uh, the sumo. It didn't sit like that. Uh, the forty four millimeter. It's almost forty five. I think it's like forty four point seven. No, because the lugs were so short that you basically just have to uh, think of the case size, and that's it. And um, even the case, the way that they angle certain things, I think they make it really great. The great proportion between the case and the dial, like yeah. Seiko does that very well. That's why I want to see the clockers watch that you have. Absolutely. Right? The one that you, the one you're wearing because it doesn't no. have any lugs. And the last one for this, like if you really don't want to spend a lot of money, but you want to get something really cool, go for Dan Henry. So Dan Henry is a very famous watch collector who, I don't know, owns, Brazilian. knows everything about vintage watches and owns probably all of them. He started making his own watches. And what's interesting about what he does is that they are not priced too expensive they're priced so that people can actually purchase them and the model names are models are named after years and years are inspired so basically specific designs of specific types of watches from a specific era so they have a lot of he has a lot of different versions you want to get like a speedmaster copy go for it this one is the dan henry 1964 yeah. grand turismo chronograph there are a lot of different versions they're very cheap and, and I don't want to make it sound as if, you know, they're not a good quality. They're very affordable because they all use the Mecha Quartz uh, Seiko VK63 calibers. It's a vintage looking, the chronograph function is mechanical, whereas the watch uh, in hours and minutes is, is powered by the quartz. Uh, it's a cool looking watch. He doesn't cheap out on quality. Uh, the price you pay, and it's also only like 300 bucks or 400 bucks US max depending on the, the the type of the bracelet you get and the, the, the different cases. 38 millimeters, 12.9 thick. It's um, extremely, extremely versatile because you can get different colors, the different... Uh, this one is, again, I, f- I keep forgetting, it's the panda that has the white dial and the blue subdials and the whites and the black subdials. I think that's a panda. It's, it's the, the reverse panda when it's, it's black panda. and then white registered. Reverse panda, yeah. Check out Dan Henry. I'm sure you know most of our listeners... Uh, if they're listening to us, they probably know about Dan Henry, but it, it's worth to check out. Yeah, we always talked about Dan Henry. It's like, should it? It's always compelling. It's like, yeah, these watches are obviously made in China. What Dan Henry does very well is his designs. His designs are very good recreations. He had a 1972, which was a lot like that Orfina Porsche chronograph, right? Uh, it's very, very interesting. And, and, and there's such awesome representations of the design, of the popular designs of those eras. Don't go to Dan Henry, guys, if you think I need bang for buck and this sort of thing, because yeah, it is affordable. But it is stuff that's, you know, he makes it in China. He's a wonderful design. There's nothing wrong with that. But so does Timex, right? Everything comes from China there too as well. Unless they're using the... Exactly. Exactly. The but price the price really, really, well. really, so, really well. Uh, and you always get what you love. But I think Dan Henry is an interesting if you really want a good vintage look. And I think that's what Dimitri's sharing. That's really a one to consider. I've had a Dan Henry at the 1962. It didn't, I didn't attach to it very well. A lot like the Universal Genève. It's a great watch. It's really well executed. And by the way, I just looked it up. The price for that 1964 Gran Turismo chronograph is 280 US dollars. That's that's cheaper than the freaking Moon Swatch swatch. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to say swatch twice, eh? Because that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put Omega in there. It's a swatch. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Like you get so much more for that price. Interesting. So I'm going to talk next to my last and final release is the Blancpain 50 Fathoms. No, not the Swatch version of this watch. They came out with a 70th anniversary uh, at about 32,000 US dollars. <laughs> Beautiful. That's it? Yeah. Case. Is this is your affordable alternative to what? 
<laughs> this watch, 41.3 millimeters wide, so it's not the big 44 millimeters. It is a satin brushed, nine carat bronze gold case, 13.3 millimeters thick. Beautiful watch. Comes on a um, NATO strap that has a gold accent to it. It has the Blancpain 1154 P2 automatic movement that offers 100 hours of power reserve. Yeah, this watch is absolutely beautiful as a, with a mil-spec model. And it is not that 44 millimeters that you're so afraid of, Dimitri, in the tire, car tire. <laughs> beautiful exposed case back to see that movement. Like I said, 300 meters of water resistance. Very expensive. So what can I get that has that same kind of allure and beautiful dial, beautiful case? And you know what I think I told you before? I, just something is changing. I'm starting to like that tire. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I love that. I think I'm, I need it. I think I'm joining the dark side. Because like, you're joining uh, the dark what side else can you get a diver watch with 120 or 100 hours of power reserve? <laughs> no, you can't. Absolutely not. Now, I'm not going to give you an alternative that's affordable with 100, meter, 100 hours of power reserve, but I will give you something that is compellingly beautiful and very similar in the feel. I'm going back to the French independent brands and I'm going with Baltic. Notice that I call it independent brand and I will refuse to call it a micro brand. The brand has now propelled itself over three years, going from five and 8,000 units sold, surpassing 30,000, now 40,000 probably, which is the likes of IWC or <laughs> Panerai at this point in the Richemont group. And so Etienne Malik has been running a fantastic brand with Baltic. And they recently came out, or I think, yeah, recently, this one, they came out with the Aquascaf, which has been out for a while, but they recently came out with the Aquascaf Bronze, a distinctive version of that dive watch that has a bronze case, as mentioned, very similar to the Blancpain that we find containing the vintage feel but a beautiful brown gradient or it's a fume it's a gradient brown uh dial the 12369 reach very literable really evoking that wonderful vintage feel it has the um, bronze colored I, I don't think that they are actually bronze hands but the bronze case itself will get that unique patina over time it's a the case the bezel the crown are all made of this copper aluminum alloy uh, which compared to standard bronze, which is copper and tin, develops more of a green patina. So this bronze alloys will become less gold colored over time. So this one comes in at a 39 millimeter diameter, a thickness of 13, 11 millimeters without the glass, 47 millimeters lug to lug. It has a small crown guard while the Blancpain does not. But it does have the same kind of vintage and warm feel that with the bronze. At 200 meters of water resistance, it does have drilled lug holes for easy strap changes. You got to get a look at this watch. And the star of this watch is the dial mixing with that case, with the brown and the, and the, the brown dial and the bezel and the case being bronze. It just fits so, so well. So the new Sapphire Crystal inlay makes the watch look more compact. That's something that we noticed about this one as well. And what's interesting about the Sapphire Crystal of this one, that's what I want to share, is that while Laurier is using acrylic, Baltic is using sapphire, but they do it in such a way that they curve it to make it feel like it has that vintage distortion to it. And that's not an easy feat uh, altogether. Nothing really, uh, you know, anything to say negative about this Baltic. It houses a Miyota 9039, very easily manageable. It has uh, beats at four hertz, 42 hours of power reserve. So very easy. And um, the watch price, I mean, it's 625 euros. You're getting less than a thousand bucks for a full bronze, beautiful uh, dive watch with vintage feel. 
to take that blanc pain. On that note, we should do an episode about alternatives to that blanc pain swatch collaboration. And there are many. Oh, there are many. There are many. How much is the 50 thalamus? Like 20 grand, 50 fathoms right um, now? So 50 fathoms, like most of the Richmond group, like the IWC Big Pilot as well, they devalue pretty great on the gray market. So a Big Pilot and a Blancpain 50 fathoms normally run you about 15, 16, $17,000. Um, if you can get it at Watchbox these days, you can probably pay 12000 for one. Canadian, I mean. For the for the for the big boy with the sapphire uh, bezel and everything, that is the king diver. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking right now on Chrono. They have uh, you can find one for fourteen uh, Canadian. So that's uh, exactly. Yeah, that's absolutely. Good. You get one pretty much. So it's one of those that like devalues. But I think they're also getting a lot of love because they just came out with a swatch. So they're hoping that it'll generate sales there. If you wait a little bit, it might go down a little bit. But it's like it's it's a king diver, man. It's a grail. It's such a fuck you watch and it's a geek watch and not everyone knows. Oh, yeah. Now they might know because of Swatch, but the 50 Fathoms OG, not everyone knows it. I've always loved that watch, but it was always out of my price range. And, you know, I, I always even thought I would get my sub, sell it to get a Blancpain 50 Fathoms. And also the company itself, although not continuously existing in, I think, but it's the oldest. It's the oldest. 1735. Yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing. It's such a beautiful watch. Very nice. It was actually quite uh, action-packed. Thanks for listening to us. If you made it all the way to the end, hope you enjoyed it. If you have any other suggestions, as usual, send them our way. If you have something negative to say, well, just don't do it. Exactly. Go tell your Please. boss. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do it. And if you're at Wind Up, yeah, hit us up, guys. Let us know you're there and come say hi. Oh yeah, yeah. Me messages. We'll be there. We'll say hi. See you next week. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you like our podcast, please make sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Big Black Clock Watch and through email at info at bigblackclock.watch. Happy hunting, and we will see you on the next episode.